Our scripture this morning comes from the book of Isaiah, chapter 35, verses 1 through 10. The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom like the crocus. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and shouting. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it, the majesty of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord, the majesty of our God. Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who are of fearful heart, be strong, do not fear. Here is your God. He will come with vengeance, with terrible recompense. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf, deaf shall be opened. Then the lame shall leap like a deer and the tongue of the speechless sing for joy. For waters shall break forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sand shall become a pool and the thirsty ground springs of water. The haunt of jackals shall become a swamp. The grass become reeds and rushes. A highway shall be there and it shall be called the holy way. The unclean shall not travel on it, but it shall be for God's people. No traveler, not even fools shall go astray. No lion shall be there, nor any ravenous be beast come up on it. They shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. The word of God for the people of God, for which we say, Thanks be to God. Well, for the past two weeks, we've been on a journey through Advent, and we've been listening to the voice of the prophet Isaiah. And in the first week of Advent, we heard from Isaiah chapter 2, where Isaiah has a vision of God's kingdom, God's temple coming to rest on the highest of mountains, and that all of the nations of the world would come streaming to that mountain, because from that place, God's wisdom, God's judgment, God's righteousness and justice would go forth into the world. The whole world would be drawn toward it. Last week we heard from Isaiah chapter 11 about a coming Savior who would judge the world with that same wisdom, righteousness, and justice, and whose coming inaugurates a new order, one where the whole world would be turned upside down, or rather right side up, where fear and violence and war are no more, where the lion lies down with the lamb, where there is no more fear. This morning we turn to Isaiah chapter 35, which is near the center of Isaiah's scroll as we continue on our Advent journey. And as you open up your Bibles or fire up your smartphones for your Bible app or open up your bulletins to Isaiah 35, I want you to imagine in your mind a desert scene. Just go there. 
for a second. Imagine the dryness of that place, the craggy rocks and the deep ravines. As you look out across that landscape, take in the broken and cracked ground and the scrub brush that dots the landscape. Feel the heat in the air as the wind draws the moisture out of the earth. Can you imagine such a place? I've never been to the, to the desert. But a few years ago, uh, my oldest daughter, Addie, had a, a science project. Her class was studying biomes. You remember biomes from science class? Um, biomes, it was a big deal for us. And so we had to make a desert landscape. And so we did all of this research about the desert, about the dryness of it, about how the earth was cracked. And I, I did a deep dive on desert life uh, late at night. You know, it's one of those things where I couldn't let it go. And so I kept researching life in in the desert. And what I learned about the desert is that life there is incredibly hard. Very few, very few species have adapted themselves to life in that dry and desolate place. The heat and lack of moisture prevents trees from growing very tall. Animals flee the heat of the day and only come out during the night. Deserts are hard and hopeless Places. I want to share with you a picture. You might be able to make it out here. Uh, go back later on online and take a look at this picture. This is a picture of the Atacama Desert, which is known as the driest place on earth. This is a place in Chile. And uh, the Atacama Desert, especially the northern part, um, holds the record for the longest dry streak in the world, having gone some 173 months. 173 months without a single drop of rain. Now, I'm not real good at math, but 173 months makes for a lot of years, right? That's 14 and a half years. 14 and a half years without a single drop of rain. Can you imagine how parched and thirsty the land must be? How lifeless a place that must be? In fact, it's so lifeless that it's one of the places where NASA practices for its mission to Mars. It's that dry, it's that barren. That is until it rains. When it rains, everything changes. In 2015, it rained one inch in a day. That's a deluge in this desert, friends. That is more rain than was seen in the previous 14 years. We're used to getting an inch of rain in a couple of hours here. But in this dry and desert place, that is an enormous amount of precipitation. And what happens after the rain is absolutely stunning. The earth bursts forth with life. This is a picture of uh, a field, or a field, a, a flat part of the desert, and um, you can barely make it out here, but that landscape is covered with purple flowers, hues of green that come up suddenly from the earth when the rain falls. The desert bursts forth with life. Suddenly this barren and dry place explodes and there's green and there's yellow hues where there only used to be brown and red. 
sand and dirt baked by the sun. Everything changes when it rains. This is what Isaiah is describing in chapter 35 of his book. Isaiah 35 says that when the Lord returns, the desert and the parched land will be glad. The wilderness will rejoice and it will blossom like the crocus. It will burst into bloom. It will rejoice greatly and shout for joy, and the glory of Lebanon will be given to it. The splendor of Carmel and Sharon will be given to it. They will see the glory of the Lord, the splendor of our God. Isaiah says that when the Lord returns, when God returns, that the whole earth will be transformed. There will be streams of water in the desert. That where there was once barrenness, there will be new life. That the ugliness and the discomfort of that season and that place will be replaced by the beauty and splendor of God. This, friends, is what we need to have our eyes set on as we journey throughout our life. Especially as we journey through the dry places, the hard places, the barren places of our life. We need to remember that though we haven't seen rain in 14 years, or maybe it feels that way, that when it comes, when the presence of God comes, it will transform everything. That though we may feel like our world is coming apart at the seams, that when the Lord comes, everything changes. He takes our barren places and makes them beautiful. He takes our ashes and turns them into beauty. He overcomes our circumstances, even those ones that have overtaken us. When the Lord comes, everything changes. So Isaiah says, Strengthen the feeble hands and steady the knees that give way. Say to those with fearful, fearful hearts, which let's be honest, that's some of us here today. Be strong and do not fear. Why? Because your God will come. Your God will come. And He will come with a vengeance, with divine retribution. He will come to save you. Some of you this morning are, are walking through a desert place. And you may have been in the desert for a long time. You're walking through a barren land. You might feel like it's been 173 months since you felt God's presence in your life. 173 months since you felt peace. And now you find yourself in a desert called cancer. Or a desert called divorce. Or a desert called depression. Or addiction. Or debt. Maybe you feel like your hands are feeble, like your knees are giving way, like your heart is fearful. Friends, if that's you this morning, I want you to know that our God is coming, that rescue is on the way. I want you to know that the dry and parched land that you're living in today won't stay that way forever. Like water for the desert, God's coming gives hope for our souls. Hope that transforms us from the inside out. Hope that causes new life to grow inside of us. Hope for our souls that helps us face yet another day, even when we don't like the diagnosis. Even when we can't face the circumstances. Hope for our souls that holds us together in spite of all that's happening around us. Y'all, God's coming to save us. And not just as a child born in a manger as a sign of that hope, but as a Messiah who returns on the, on the clouds to set all things aright. God is coming 
for us. And His coming will make all things new. Isaiah says that in that day when the Lord returns, that then the eyes of the blind will be opened and the ears of the deaf will be unstopped. Then in that day the lame will leap like a deer and the mute tongue shout for joy. Water will gush forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sands will become a pool and the thirsty ground bubbling springs in the haunts, and I love this imagery, in the haunts where jackals once lay grass and reeds and papyrus will grow. Dry places will be transformed, not only in creation, but in our very souls. The coming of the Lord transforms everything. And then Isaiah zooms out and he says a highway will be there in what was a desert, but now this place of abundance A highway will be there, and it will be called the way of holiness. It will be for those who walk on that way. The the unclean will not journey on it, and the wicked fools will not go about on it. This highway in the desert will lead God's people to God's holy mountain, to Zion, to the temple of God on that highest mountain. It's a place for the righteous, for the redeemed to walk. For those who walk in the way of holiness... For those who have given their lives to Jesus Christ and entered into a relationship with God, this is the way that we will go to the mountain of God. Now I want you to hear something this morning. Just because you're someone who walks on that highway in that day doesn't mean that you won't have passed through deserts. It doesn't mean that you won't have gone through hard times. It doesn't mean that you won't have had to fight battles inside of you and outside of you. What it means is that God is making a way where there seems to be no way. God is making a way for you and for me. We who have given ourselves to Jesus Christ to experience true healing, true wholeness, and everlasting life. Take a look at that highway. Isaiah says that there will be no lion there nor any ravenous Beasts. They will not be found there, but only the redeemed will walk there. And those the Lord has rescued will return and they'll enter Zion with singing. Everlasting joy will crown their heads. And I love this last part, part B of verse 10. Isaiah says, gladness and joy will overtake them and sorrow and sighing will flee away. Reminds me of Revelation 21. That's a passage of scripture that I often read at funerals. And what that passage reminds us of is that there is a day that is coming when God's presence will reside with God's people, when the old order of things will be no more, that death and dying, sorrow and shame will be overcome by the power of God, and God Himself will wipe the tears from our eyes because God will be with us for all eternity. It reminds me of Revelation 21. And then I think back to my life. So often in my life, and I'm sure this is true for you too, we're overtaken by disasters. We call those disasters catastrophes, which is a great word, by the way. A catastrophe is a sudden and tragic turn that leads to ruin. Anytime I think of the word catastrophe, it takes me back to my childhood 
um, and back to several trips my family made to MGM Studios at Walt Disney World. Do you remember MGM Studios? Anybody? Okay, it's just me. Hang with me. <laughs> the highlight at the early days of MGM Studios was a trip through the back lot. And, and when you went through the back lot, you got to see the Golden Girls house. You remember that? The Golden Girls house was back there. And you got to go down the streets of New York, and you felt like you were right there uh, in the middle of downtown New York. And then you took a, a turn, and, and things changed. You, you entered into a scene from the movie Jaws, and the shark would come up and sort of attack the tram that you were in. And, a little scary. And then you took another turn and you entered a place called Catastrophe Canyon. And so you enter into this place and they say, this is just another set that uh, we want you to be able to see. This is a, a desert setting and everything should be fine. But then suddenly you hear a voice in the distance say, action. And with that, suddenly a tanker truck explodes and there's fireballs and there's fireworks. And, and when that subsides, there's a sudden torrent of water that pours over the top of the set and over the top of your tram and you're shaken by the whole experience. You're overcome by all that happens around you. Sometimes in life it feels like we're in Catastrophe Canyon. Like one problem leads to another, and soon we're overtaken by all that's coming our way. It's a catastrophe. But what Isaiah is talking about here in Isaiah 35.10 is the opposite of that. He says, on the highway of the Lord, there will be no catastrophes to overtake you. There won't be lions, nor bears, nor ravenous beasts. He even says, if you're a fool, you won't get lost on this way. I love that translation from the NRSV, that not even fools will lose their way on the highway of God. They won't be overtaken by their lack of direction. Instead, what happens on the highway of God is what J.R.R. Tolkien calls eucatastrophe. A sudden turn of events in a story which ensures that the protagonist does not meet some terrible, impending, or very plausible and probable doom. Isaiah says that on the highway of God, we'll no longer be overcome by the tragedies of life, by the diagnosis, by the mental illness, by the poverty or injustice of life. Instead, we will be overcome with joy. Like desert after the rain, life will spring forth on that highway, even from the barren places in our lives. There will be joy that transforms our reality. Many of us in this room may be feeling like we've been stuck in the desert of life. By one catastrophe or another, we've arrived in the desert and we found ourselves in a dry season. We feel stranded in places where the very essentials needed to survive seem so incredibly distant, like hope can't be found and joy is just a distant memory. We feel like we're on the edge of another catastrophe, another disaster, like we're going to be overcome in this dry and barren place. My hope for you this morning, if you feel like you're walking through a desert, is that Isaiah 35 would become your song because it is a song. It's poetry. 
that Isaiah delivers to us, that as you read the words, the verses of this chapter, that you would hear the voice of God saying, be strengthened, be strong, be courageous. I am coming for you. I will save you. And when I save you, your life will burst forth with new life. All that you are will be redeemed. The whole of what you know will be restored. I pray that these 10 verses will become a place where you can find rest for your spirit, where you, where you will remember that your God, our God, will redeem and restore even the barren places in our world. And we don't just have hope that is abstract, friends. We have real hope because Christ, who was born in a manger as a baby, is a sign of God's willingness, no, more than that, God's readiness to save us, to redeem us, and to restore the whole of creation to the way that God intended it to be. Friends, our hope is not just in a child born in a manger, but in that child who comes back riding on the clouds to make all things new. So that the whole world the whole of creation, might experience true joy. Would you pray with me this morning? Lord God, we admit that we have found ourselves wandering in dry and barren places, longing for the refreshment that your Spirit could bring us. So we pray this morning, God, that you would come near to us, that you would strengthen our hands, God, that you would help us to walk without fear, knowing that you are indeed on the way. Lord Jesus, turn our hearts back to you. Save us from wandering and allow us to be your people, that you might be our God. We pray all of these things in your name.